Oh, fuck yeah. Uh, yeah. Fuck. Yeah. Alright. I think I've been doing it for years. Let's fucking do it. Alright, straight into her. Straight into it. Alright, boys. Uh, welcome back, listeners, to episode 10 of Blood, Sweat and Beers. Another week of some great footy. Plenty to talk about again this round. Uh, some upsets, some controversy. That'll definitely keep us dribbling shit in the air for the better part of an hour. Uh, ACK here, the Miglu Murray, uh, steering the cattle again tonight. After the Broncos win, I only fondled myself twice this weekend, both in under 10 minutes, and both having something to do with Selwyn Cobo scoring a double. Mm. Magic. Ma- yeah, magic, magic that. Anyway, uh, back again tonight are the usual suspects, barring one. Uh, our con... Our conversational orgy of footy and fighting for episode 10. Uh, first up, Barry Tarted, our rugby league scholar and genius. Very few have the knowledge he possesses in the game, but everyone else also has a, a bigger dick. Welcome back, Baz. Uh, you also forgot. You also have got talent on the field. <laughs> nah, you were talented. You were talented. At least your mum said that anyway. Um Back with us again is our pasty Pom. He's the bright light when the podcast gets too dark, all by simply removing his budgie smugglers. Welcome back, Derry. Uh, hello. How are we doing? Good, brother. Good. Good weekend of football. It was. It was. And um, finally, the edi- editor and the, well, the editor of our great podcast that isn't here tonight, but um, hopefully we see him back. Next week, uh, the king of du- the king of Kaduna, old Gi Yakubu. All right, boys, uh, we'll get straight into it. Um, another fucking great round of footy, really. I thought there's a lot of a lot of great footy being played. Some big scores, some um, shitty refereeing, <laughs> so to speak. But it it was what it was. I suppose that'll keep coming out in the next few podcasts as we um delve deeper into that and in this episode as well. But we'll go straight into Thursday night's clash because obviously it was the Anzac round and that's a special kind of occasion. Love Anzac round. I wish they'd bring back the Anzac test, boys. What do you think of that? I'd love to see the Australia New Zealand play again on this weekend, but we get the rounds of footy anyway. So Thursday night, oh, hold on a second. Thursday night we had the Sharkies and Seagulls. Now, the Sharkies got up 34-22. Uh, Baz, I'll let you take this one because um, you had a hard-on for this. Uh, I did, actually. I, uh, I was quite entertained by this one. Uh, Manly's night started pretty bad with a drop ball off the opening kickoff, leading to a line dropout, and then Talakai scoring a try within the first 90 seconds. Um, and speaking of big CSIFA, a fucking game. Um, his stat lines ended up with 20 runs, 262 metres, eight tackle busts, two tries, three try assists, and he turned poor Morgan Harper from an uncle bully impersonator from Once Warriors to Grace Heckey because he got absolutely raped in that first half. Oh, I think Des has to hook him in favour of Cooler at halftime, who actually did a great job in defence in the second half. Not so much in attacking side of things. He had a few errors. Uh, mustn't have been the only change 
has made uh, the break, though, because as horrendous as the Eagles' first half was, despite trailing 34-0 at Oranges, they came out with a whole new attitude in the second half and must have, at certain stages in that late game, had Craig Fitzgibbon and Sharks fans everywhere as nervous as a stray dog in China. Who got binned uh, and has since been suspended, I believe, for something that wasn't even a fucking penalty. Once again, was one of the best players Manly had, along with Ruben Garrick and Paseca, who unfortunately got injured. Those guys really led the charge in that failed comeback attempt. But back to Talakai, he's got everything you need in a player. Eh? Like size, power, speed, great footwork, silky hands, uh, even a deft little kicking game. And I hijacked this game, and I said during the call that his form warrants New South Wales, considering him to play left centre, should Luttrell not make it back, or even as a bench utility. I've since seen likes of Cooper Cronk mention the same type of thing. What do you guys think about that? Do you think it would be reaching a bit soon to be considering him for State of Origin? Oh, I think so. I don't. No. What, what, where, where would you like to see him, Derek? In the run-on team or just as a utility? Well, I think for game one at least, he'll probably be in that left centre because I don't know if either Turbo or Latrell will be, will be back. Um, and I think he's his form this season, like he's probably the best left centre in the game at the moment. Yeah, I agree. And you think about who might be playing right centre for Dane uh, for Queensland be Dane Gagai if he's back from fracturing his cheekbone, but he got absolutely fucking torched a few weeks ago when the Sharks played the Knights by yeah. Talakai. So what a fucking miss. And he's going to be getting probably better ball in the New South Wales team as well, which will make him even more dangerous. Oh, 100%. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, that's all I had to say about that game, but he's got in I just think the, I think the, the wind, that southerly that was blowing, was a little underestimated. Everyone said Cronulla's second half was poor, but the only point scored against that wind was a penalty goal from Nico Hines. I think... Any each team running into that win could not create anything. It was just kicking game was not there, which just put too much pressure on everything else. Yeah, that's a fair call. I fucking hate uh, back in the playing days playing in windy conditions. It's the fucking worst, yeah. isn't it? Sometimes you used to run into strong headwinds and you felt like you were on a fucking treadmill. You weren't even moving. And then the second half, all of a sudden, you're Usain Bolt or the Blade Runner, minus the gun and the hot misses. <laughs> Now, I'll just quickly add, just with the Talakai potential selection of New South Wales, is he the best centre currently going in the game? Probably, most definitely. I just, I just think that, as we know, Origin's a different beast, and if he does deserve a spot in that team, I think that, um, barring injuries and the people come back, he probably might find himself 18, 18th man for the first game, or at best, uh, a bench spot. I just... I don't know. He's a fu- he's awesome. I fucking love him. I think he's great. But I just yeah. I think f- for what Origins worth, I think he's a just a a touch off it yet. In saying that, if he was a Queens if he was think- a Queenslander, he'd probably run on and fucking captain the side. But <laughs> it's I just think with what New South Wales have and what they've they've had in the past, I just think he might be just a little bit out just yet. Yeah, but what the, what they've done in the past, like during that 
streak where they got dominated for almost a decade is they would overlook players like Tamakai oh, who were on 100%, the 100%, 100%. And that came back and bit them in the ass. So for me, worst case scenario, he should be in the 17, even if it's off the bench, to play back row or cover the centre. So if he doesn't get picked and those other players are, are you know, still out of the game, what are they going to pick? Like, Stephen Crichton and Isaac Targo discuss their combinations, which is the sort of shit they do, you know. And they they convince themselves that those combinations are going to get them there. But it's a fucking rep. It's a representative comp. If you just pick two thirds of a fucking local club team, and I know it's a professional club team, but it's it's not the same. They're not going to stand up to a team of champions. So I think Talakai. Should absolutely shit it in for a New South Wales jersey. I think we'll see Alex's hope- opinion change after this weekend when he does the same thing to Stags when they play the Broncos. Yeah, good point. <laughs> Very Let's good go point. easy, Derek. I think Katoni's going to get one on him. Anyway, we'll move on to that game, uh, the Broncos Bulldogs. Now, um, I watched this game closely and obviously loved it. They're my beloved side. Now, the first half had me fucking nearly nearly having another fucking brain, brain aneurysm and a stroke because I was stressing. The fact that the Bulldogs were able to, to stand up and have a good crack, the, the guys that, brought, that got brought in from the COVID situation and all the rest of it, Karaz, uh, the other fella off the bench, which name I can't quite pronounce, not from Lebanon, but um, they, they fucking had a red-hot crack. Now, Reynolds' kicking game and his decision-making is what, basically won the Bronx this game. And you can see why they've paid paid him the money they have. And we fucking need that. We need someone like him to be able to dictate the game, which we've lacked basically since fucking, I don't know, Lockie or Wallace. And then early to, uh, later on with um, Ben Hunt and Milford when they were hot. But the way Ren- Reynolds was able to just throw his passes, get the kicks he did, set everyone up, put everyone in a good position. Um, everything seemed to fold off him, which was which was great to see. You know, young Cobbo scored a double a double on the edge, both off Reynolds. Pass, kick. Um, fuck, I'd hate to say it. Reese Kennedy even came up with a fucking try, which he was lucky to get, but he was he, he was there. Had so the cunts wearing a Broncos jersey, so I've got to appreciate him a little bit. But uh, yeah, I was just glad that we got. It was Tamari Martin. Oh, it, and that's what I was just about to get at. The fact that that young fella, well, he's fucking my age, twenty six, twenty seven. The fact that he was able to come back, and um, after a, a bleed on the brain when he was up at the Cowboys in twenty nineteen, come back, play, run on fullback, and he looked dangerous. Like he hasn't played first grade in that long, and he was able to to look like that. I, I just, I think it. Uh, it sort of highlights just how good he was. And I was a massive fan of him when he was at the Cows and even when he started at Penrith. So um, I think he'll find himself in the future, hopefully coming back to the sixth spot. But he was great. Yeah. And I can't I can't wait for him to show that um, potential that he did have because I think he I think he's our perfect six. And I was the fact that we got him in the side, I'm, surely they would have had that in their mind that he would have had to move to six. Uh, sooner or later, because um, you know, fuck, he had a lot of had a lot of time with players like JT and Michael Morgan, and he held his own with them. So, 
Yeah, yeah, that's to me. That's just you can't. People can't comprehend what a feat that is to come back and play NRL after having a fucking bleed on the brain. So, um, yeah, complete hats off to that. But yeah, Bronx once again. We were pretty. We, we're lucky to have Reynolds. If Reynolds wasn't there, I think the game probably turns out a lot different. But um, we have him, and hopefully, we could build off it. Hopefully, what do you boys think? Well, I, um, I'm more looking on the other side of the field, and I'm just wondering, like, how much more can those poor doggy supporters take emotionally? Oh. For 55 minutes of that game, I had it in hand. That last 25 minutes, they faded. They allowed the Broncos to run in 28 unanswered points. I mean, their fans keep getting their hopes up with overpriced signings. They're constantly told by the club, oh, yeah, we're heading in the right direction. But at the end of the day... Those poor cunts have been subjected to more shit than Johnny Depp's bed sheets. Nothing's really changed down there at Canterbury. Like they are gonna be shit, and I I changed my wooden spoon to them, you know, in our podcast just before the season start, last minute, just talking about them because really, what have they got to improve on as far as bringing players in? Their best player on the weekend was Jacob Carraz, and he's not even in the top thirty, so they can't even pick him without an exemption. So it's it's like I say it every week, years just going to keep dragging on and dragging on for those poor cunts that go for the blue and white. Yeah, I don't, I don't rate them at all. The doggies, I really don't. Nothing from you, Derek. Uh no. Nah. Prefer nah. to keep the Bronco chat to a minimum if we can. Thank I you thought there would have been like a little subtle applause from you. Like I thought you would have sort of backed me up on this one. All good. Never mind. We'll move on. Uh, <laughs> you can't. Uh, Saturday, we had <laughs> the Cowboys and Titans. Now, um, Baz, you would have slept very well because fucking hell, they're, they're really showing that they are the best team in Queensland at the moment, aren't they? Oh, yeah, 100%. But I, I slept better because I was pretty much drunk for three days straight. So, boy, you know, time the footy was over. It's, it was bed, bitty times for me. But honestly, forget my call a few weeks ago about Scott Drinkwater getting a statue outside of Queensland Country Beck Stadium. Let's just make the cunt PM of Australia because he is a <laughs> fucking legend. Jesus. In all seriousness, the Cowboys, they're really gelling as a team and it's it coincides with Drinky being in the side. Like, I know Todd Payton loves the taste of Chad Townsend's cum, clearly. So he probably won't be dropped anytime soon. But Hammer's got to come back in the side, and he's nearing fitness. If it's not going to be Chad, it, I'd like to see it at the expense of Hiku. Um, Hiku hasn't done anything wrong, really. I was say, he's not, he hasn't played bad at all. No, but you need the Hammer in the team. He's just, oh, for sure. speed is... Game-breaking. And the wingers, you're not going to drop Felty or Tulangi because Tulangi's playing amazing and Val's doing such a good job at left centre. So um, Jake Granville's played like four minutes in the last two games. That's it. Didn't play a minute against Canberra and he got like four minutes in this game. So he could be dropped. There's a spot there on the bench. Just drop Hiku back in case injuries. Play him as a utility. You've got Cotter on the field to play hooker if Robson goes down. He's played, like I said, nearly 80 every week the last two weeks anyway. So he's fit enough footy though like it, it you looked at how shit their attack was at the start of the year and how it's been since Drinkwater's come this team like I'm a lot more optimistic now about going to watch them play the Eels this weekend than I was when I bought the tickets 
the start of the year, I'll tell you that much. Uh, I'll still be tipping the Eels because every time I tip the Cowboys, they lose. So Eels on my tip sheet, Cowboys in the hut. But for the Titans, like, things just keep getting worse. They sit with, the, what, two wins through seven games. We've got the Panthers and Roosters in the coming fortnight. They have to change something, but Dave Fafita's transition to the centres turned out to be a bigger disaster than leaving Adam Elliott alone with your fiancé. Um, the stats read that he had no missed tackles for Dave Fafita. So obviously they don't count... Uh, getting burnt. Getting a, not getting a hand on the cunt, getting burnt on the outside yeah. for a try as a miss. Um, but moving him out one, it didn't seem like the dumbest idea... It, out of necessity or out of having better players or, or getting all your best players in the field, they have more cover out wide than they have in the forward pack. It's, the forward pack's already not doing its fair share for the year, so it's making them even weaker than an AIDS victim's immune system by shifting him out of that pack. Sexton's not playing well. Brimson's struggling at six for the most part. They're moving to fullback this week. Bringing Will Smith in at six, like, does it make it any better? I don't think so. You've got Jaden Campbell, who has apparently played Coo Cup on the weekend, so must be back and fit, and he's still being omitted from this weekend's team. It's ridiculous. What do you uh, take from that? Like, would you? I feel like Campbell's their best option to be in that one jersey. You've got to get Brimson out there somewhere, but uh, you'd have to. I'd persist with Brimson at six as much as he's struggled a Definitely. little bit because Will Smith, Will Smith's not an upgrade. He's a fucking downgrade. Uh, Derek, do you have anything on this game before I sort of um, mention mention my um, little win over Bebo? Uh, over Baz, sorry. You were saying... You were talking about the halves there. Like, I think Holbrook came out and said, you know, we're not winning, so we need to change something. But putting Fafita in the centres is not going to win you any games. It's the halves. The halves are the problem. It is that. Brimson is not a 5'8". And Toby Sexton, he's been all right, but he's too inexperienced and he's not leading the team. They need to find... I mean, I don't like Tanner Boyd but or Will Smith, but they need to change those halves. If they want to get results, they need to change the halves before they change anything else. The only move you would move for feeder is to the middle, not to the centres. Yeah, oh, I completely agree. And to the listeners and to you, Brody, as well, over the weekend, just quickly, got a little got a little bored and I come up with an origin side and I sort of shot that across to our grand wizard in Baz. Now, um, he kind of mentioned a David Fafida playing in the centres in his side because he think that he would be able to run riot over Latrell Mitchell if that became the case. Uh, later... Later on that, I uh, did watch a little bit of that game, and he abs- ab- absolutely lies. got fucking torched by Drinkwater, who, you know, probably could play Origin, but he won't unless there's, like, 12 injuries. And, uh, yeah, it, it just made me feel a little a little better in how I think about football because, <laughs> yeah, he really thought that the Fafita playing centre for Queensland would be a smart move when I completely disagreed and uh, that was uh, that was, other than the Broncos winning, that was probably the best win I had over the weekend. <laughs> in in my defence, um, I did say I'd pick Kurt Capewell on the same side of the field so they could shift around, you know, to sharpen up the defence or whatever needed to be working there. Yep. Okay. So Queensland don't have where any does centers. Hemiso... What centres we got? 
Where does Hamaso fit in? On the Man. wing with Xavier Coates. Oh, are you talking back. about with the Cowboys? Yeah. In the centre, right centre. He's played centre for Queensland. He did a good job. I'll just play him at right centre. Yeah. I think I think Peyton drops Granville. I think Drinky goes to 14 to come on to inject some real spark. And I think Hammer goes back to fullback. Because Drinky could then, if if he wanted to, he could shuffle the back line around, push Hammer to centre. Drink water goes back. To Why are you swearing? Drink, drink water goes back this to fullback. It's not called. Full and, and then Hiku goes. Hiku, Hiku goes to the defense. Honestly, think that's how it'd go. Anyway, we've spent enough time on that. Um, we'll go on to Saturday's game where the Tigers. If you're a Tigers fan, uh, you've probably cummed in your pants two weeks in a row without even really thinking about it or trying. It's just one of those feelings you got. Uh they come up 23, 22 winners over the Rabbitohs. Uh, boys, I didn't really take too much notice of this game because I don't support either of them. I actually hate the fucking Tigers. But uh, the fact that they got the 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 golden point – oh, not the golden point, sorry, the field goal win. Uh, what do you think? Brooksy, has he redeemed himself? Or? Certainly playing better. He really is playing a bit better. I would – wouldn't say the game was the highest quality one of the round, but there was some really good uh, moments, and it was exciting to watch just because it was so seesawing. Like one team would take the lead, the other team would take the lead, and that try saver from Jacob Liddell on little on uh, Ilias, I think it was. That was you know that probably fucking saved the game for him. But. It, it, Honestly, I'm just happy to see the Rabbitohs lose because I've tipped them to be in the bottom four, so they've got to start losing more games. They've played shit teams to begin this season. They can't beat the Tigers. Their run's about to get rougher, and they're about to go on a bit of a losing streak. Tigers, I just hope they win by field goal every week. I don't care who they play. Let's see if they can hit 12 straight. I mean, everyone's jumping up and down. The Tigers have won two games. But if you look at the stats, the Tigers completed 46 out of 48 sets to South's 25 of 36. They should have won that by more than a field goal. Like, it's good they got the win, but to have that much possession completed over the other team, you'd want to be winning by more than a field goal. Baby baby steps, Derek. Baby steps. I know, but it's just... They've played... I think they've just... They've been lucky that these two teams have underestimated them. I think that's the only way you can say it. Well, it was the same case. Sorry, it was the same case last week. The Eels were fucking terrible yeah. with their ball security. Yeah. Like, so, but I don't think anyone's getting over the top and thinking they're all the same. Did you see Madge? Team. Uh, Did you see Madge in the press conference? Uh, <laughs> yeah, but I mean, he's been copping it. So, but they play. Got to take the wins. They got the Dragons this week, so they could be. Three, you know, they could have three wins under their belt. I, I, I don't know. I, I, I feel like Madge would have would have had added at his misses that night. I think she would have said, "You can do whatever," because the fact that he's been able to pull that off. <laughs> Come here, big boy. <laughs> she she would have just said, "You can put it anywhere." So it was in a sister in no time. Oh, whatever it was, he's he's um <laughs> he's got on he's got on top. But uh, I guess it was it was good to see Brooks have the confidence to take that shot and nail it. I mean, he's been 
dragged down to some dark places. Rightfully, rightfully so. so. But it's good to see that there's something there that he's he wants to take that to win the game. You know. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, great. Fair. All right. Uh, that was the end of the Saturday's uh, Anzac clashes. Now we'll move on to Sundays where we had. The Knights at home taking on the Eels after they've just signed Ponga for five years for $5 million. They scored two points against the Eels, 39. Um, Again, I didn't really take too much notice of this game. Watched only highlights, but fuck me. Took an early lead. They, they, they scored the first two points. It was all. It was almost all over from there. They were lucky, unlucky to lose it in the last minute. <laughs> <laughs> I'm. Uh, oh, fucking shit. I'm actually pretty happy with that result because going back to our predictions, I've had the Knights in 14th at the end of the year, and it's already coming true. They're in 14th after that loss. Yeah, they I are think, terrible. Like I think you. I think you bang on, Derek. I don't really see him fluctuating too much from that, to be honest. I think you're slightly off because I reckon that they need to actually turn their season around to finish 14th the way it's coming. <laughs> that's, yeah. They might be down playing the Bulldogs for fucking the wooden spoon. Okay, yeah, that's yeah, fair enough. Their attack's just fallen off cliff, hasn't it? Like, I, I, they've lost some edge forwards, but not enough to... To not warrant, sorry, to warrant how shit they're playing. I think they're going to get worse too. The fact that they've lost Gagai for a month in their back line. I know he hasn't probably been playing that great, but he's still been probably one of their better outside backs. So I um I can see them really struggling. Before we move on from these guys, I don't want to spend too much time on them, but um just quickly, do you boys think that the fact that the Knights have signed Ponga on a five million dollar five year deal is that going to really hurt their their squad as a whole moving forward unless they can bring through some great rookies who are guns because you're giving up a million dollars a season for Ponga who hasn't really delivered, if you think about it, hasn't really delivered for the Knights so far, so to speak. So me personally, I think it's a bit of a, um, I think it's a pretty long-term gamble. The fact that he hasn't been able to do much with the side they've got, they've got, they, they got, Pierce has obviously left from last season. I think they struggle in the halves. I think they also struggle in the rest of their side. What do you boys think on? Like, what's your take on that one? I just, I don't see, I don't think Pong is worth that. Like, if you want premierships, that's not the kind of player you buy for that much money. Yeah. And the way he went, the way he went about it all, like, he could have done this weeks ago. Like, this is probably why the Knights have been so down. Because it's it had to be a distraction, and the fact that the press conference, his old man was sitting next to him, who's apparently his manager, but he's not a registered player agent, and was trying to get a job in the assistant coaching staff of the Knights as well. It just oh, was it? yeah, it's oh, they, yeah. Offered, they offered him a grassroots kind of role with the club. But when have you ever seen a player, a Smith, a Thurston, anyone sign? And their agent sitting next to them. It's yeah. it's the coach and the player. That's it, and the CEO. Yeah. It just stinks. Yeah. And he's there till twenty twenty seven. If the Knights don't make a grand final, at least make a grand final. It's a failure. Oh, 
Yeah. Because he's done nothing yet. He's got them to the finals once in how many, four years? He can't even stay healthy. He nah. can't. He's fragile. He goes in and out of games. Like, he's talented. He's got so much potential. But to be the captain of the team, especially a t- team like Newcastle, who demand just giving it all every game, that's all the fans want. You can't be paying him that much money and hinging your whole next five years on him. I think if you look at the other good fullbacks and you've got Pappenhausen, who's just fucking probably the best in one in Australia right at the moment. Tom Turbo, when he's fit, you know, and look at what he did last year. Amazing. And Tedesco is probably not up to his usual standards so far this season. But even Dylan Edwards from the Panthers, like, Involvement they have in games is huge, like, and you look at the involvement Ponga has; it's fucking minuscule in comparison. Like he, even guys it, like it's like he drifts in and out of the game when he wants to, and he's not always on. So you can't play a million dollars and have it your highest paid marquee player if he's going to clock in and out of a fucking game, depending on where they are on the field. I can put the cunt in a seven jersey and make him touch the ball all game. If, if... This this might just be my opinion, boys, and agree or disagree. But I feel like the Newcastle Knights have have um, paid for profile rather than performance. Am I wrong or right? Or do you, do you know what I mean? Like I feel like they've paid for paid for a poster boy to keep buns on seats and to keep hope. But I don't I don't think they've paid for performance. I really don't. And I'm a, I'm, a Pong, I'm a Ponga fan, but I don't. They've yeah, paid him that much to try and get players to the club. But I'm pretty sure the way you watch him play, who wants to play with someone like that? I'd rather play with a Will Kennedy or a Dane Laurie before fucking Ponga. At least you know they're going to put in. And they're on half, probably not even half the money they've paid Ponga. Not even, not even half. So, I don't know. I think it just says a lot about the Knights and where they are as, as a club and how naive Adam O'Brien is as a coach. And I think yeah, the Dolphins, be, the Dolphins would be, I think the money they were going to pay him, 1.34, whatever it was, I think they'd be just taking a little breath and be like, shit, I think we dodged a bullet there. And now they can try and land someone else. Just on that. Like Neo from the Matrix with that one. <laughs> Sorry, Baz. Just on, just on that, Derek, watching NRL 360 the other night, apparently. A big reason why Ponga didn't sign was because Wayne Bennett was pretty upfront with him and sort of told him some half truths, uh, some strong truths, sorry, and he sort of lent away from that. Yeah. Well, he didn't even <laughs> ring Wayne or the Dolphins to let him know what his decision was. Yeah. They didn't find out until the press conference. So, so, so tells so, you the kind of bloke he is. Yeah, I think so too. Do you think he's probably, you know, Wayne's probably pitched him away stern a sort of. Um, Deal an agreement and put you know put more responsibility responsibility on his lap, and he's obviously got gotten what he's got from the Knights and thought, well, that sounds a lot easier, and I'm getting paid way more for it. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I think so too. All right, well, uh, good luck. I, um, good luck to the Knights. <laughs> just quickly, because we spent well too long talking about Ponga there. Yeah, uh, but I just want to throw one little last tidbit out and hear your thoughts on this. Knowing who Billy Slater was as a player and like how, I guess, loyal he was with staying with Melbourne the whole time, do you think this circus actually hurts Ponga's chance of playing for Queensland because Billy Slater's going to look at him and go, we don't need cunts like that in our team? Oh, yeah. good, good question. 
I agree, and I actually think that Ponga might become one of um, Queensland's most highest-paid 14s. All right, well, we'll move on from that because that's a whole nother can of worms. <laughs> agree or disagree, that's what I think. All right, so uh, the second clash on Sunday was between the Panthers and Raiders. Uh, the Panthers got up 36-6 to at home. Uh the reigning premiers got the job done again. Um, I didn't watch this game. Now, I will throw that to, I believe, it's you, Derek. Derek. Uh, yeah, so this was another game. I mean, it was just the Panthers. The machine just keeps on going. I don't, it doesn't look like they're going to lose anytime soon. Um. The Raiders are in a deep funk at the moment and I don't know how they get out of it because they are just not clicking as a team. Um, the Crichton got a hat-trick. Hat-trick? Did he get a hat-trick? Yeah. Uh, I'm not too sure. He did. Double? Three tries. Three tries. He was... He's been pretty, I don't know, he's been pretty quiet this year. We talked about a couple of weeks ago how they are left-edge-centric, but he was, um, they've really started to change their attack, I think, the Panthers. They're uh, starting to open up a bit more, which is probably good to see, a bit worrying for the rest of the competition. But, I mean, they were, all, they were solid, as usual. Dylan Edwards, again, ran for over 250 metres. Targo was on fire. The, the back five all ran for 100 metres except Staines. So... I think when Toto's back, he'll be out of there. Quick, smart. Um, the Raiders, I don't know what you guys think of the Raiders. I know you guys had high, high-ish hopes for them at the start of the year, but I think looking back at the players that have left there so willingly, there, there must be something stinky there because players just don't leave clubs. They lost George Williams left, Bateman left. The club treated Josh Hodgson like shit. They pretty much didn't want to re-sign him. I mean, I don't know where the Raiders go after this. Can anyone see them still making the eight? No. Oh, no, fuck no. Nah. nah. They really, even if they turn it around a little bit, like we sat, talked about it quickly last week, like well, the, two weeks ago, Jamal Fogarty loss was the biggest loss for him because... Massive. Massive. Jack Whiten's trying to carry the whole team on his fucking back, and he's he's not even playing bad football. But it's just, it's not. There's no team chemistry there nah. in attack at all. I know Hodgson. They actually did it. They actually did a decent job to hold Penrith out there for quite a while. Like Penrith had all the ball and just repeat set after repeat set after repeat set. They did hold them out for a while, but once they once they broke them open once, it was just you know the damn wall fucking burst, didn't it? I I really the only thing I really liked to see about this game was at the end I was hoping there was going to be punches thrown because that was as close to a fucking all-in brawl as I've seen in years. I uh, I love the Panthers crowd just mocking the Viking clap and that. Oh, I don't like I don't like that. I don't like personally. I don't like that kind of shit. I love it because that Why Viking not? clap. No, is just. Gayest shit in the NRL at the moment. I don't think. I think that's what I think. What I think that's what league's about is like that 
Get tribal some geriatric to blow a fucking radar horn. Get the fuck out of here. It's a little bit of tribalism. It it's a little bit of tribalism, Derek. It's good that each it's, it's character missed. But that's tribalism, what the Panthers are doing. Mocking it. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Fair with enough. Derek. All right, fair enough. Yeah. I agree, with Derek. You can have your tribalism, but when your team's getting flogged and the visiting fans yeah. start feeding it to you, well, that's actually one of the things I like about rugby league too. Fair you enough. Let those cunts do it. I suppose... It's not like he fed it to him like that fucking wanker that yelled out in the Broncos' Canterbury game. They just mocked them, yeah. not punched the fuck out of them. I suppose if you can give it, you got to take it too. I can respect that. All right, so. Uh... That's all you got to say on that game, Derek? Uh, yeah, it was good. There was another debutante for the Panthers. Sony Luke ran on about 10 minutes before time, And um, you could see uh, he went on for Coruscant. You could see the look on Coruscant's face when he went on. It's just, he was pumped for him. The Panthers are just the Panthers are just a unit. Like They are just a machine. And they're all just playing for each other. And it's a total opposite of what the Raiders are doing. <clears throat> Yeah, he um he was really good in the juniors, Luke, and he was tipped to be like one of the next big things, and kind of just fell off the face of the fucking earth for five years. But yeah, fuck, he was sharp, eh? When he yeah. jumped out, he knew when to run, and he just summed up the defence. He's just going to add another dimension to the fucking Panthers' attack. All right. Uh, well, that was the end of um the Sunday clashes there. So Monday. Anzac Day, we had Day. yeah Anzac Day. We had uh, Derek's boys from Bondi take on the Dragons. Now we hijacked this game. Woo! We did. We did. We did. Baz had a little bit of trouble, but uh, Barry was uh, he was in the Anzac th- spirit. He was sounding like he was in a POW camp for most of the hijack. Yeah, he did. He just. <laughs> <laughs> he- he just he just moved into his uh, billion dollar mansion, and then unfortunately, they didn't tell him that his uh, internet was fucking shit. So um, he was ch- chiming in and out of that one. But yeah, we did hijack that, and the dragons got up fourteen twelve. Derek, how did um, how'd you feel, man? In all honesty, um, yeah, this game fourteen twelve, the dragons outlasted the, ro- the roosters. But I will say this Anzac Day clash, it's been around for a while and I think this is one of my favourite games of the year. Just the day building up to it and then all the stuff they do before it, the jerseys. The Dragons really go out on a limb with their jerseys. They really spend a lot of money in the design team just poppying the red V. But uh, anyway, the, um, the Roosters were pretty soft in the middle, I mean, their first try for the Dragons, Molo just went straight through. I think it was Collins. He ran straight over, and I think it was was it Tupanua attacking a Tupanua. I think just clean miss, just was yeah. not even watching. Went straight through two of them, yeah. Yeah, and then he, and then the second try they scored. I mean, Sewer just got the spoils off a uh, kick from Hunt, just a ricochet, and went straight over, and then they. Ended the half of the penalty goal, but 14-0 they went into the half. Um, we did hijack this game. And uh, I remember we were saying Tedesco was... I mean, he was better than he has been, but he still wasn't himself. But he ran for over 300 metres and had 13 tackle breaks and a couple of line breaks. <clears throat> so he was actually all right. It's just the the team around him is just not gelling. I mean, Joey Marnie was dangerous again. 
three line breaks, try from a Joseph Suwali flick pass that was slicker than a 1980s mobster's hair. <laughs> um, Sam Verrills. Sam Verrills was solid in defense, but just his attack, the way he attacks, it's stifling the, the team. He scoots from dummy half near the try line. It just totally lets the line reset, and it's just a waste of a play. But you'd have you'd have to say the old Billy Walters syndrome, wouldn't you? There, Derek. Eh? Oh, definitely, <laughs> definitely. But well, we'll um, call Al. <laughs> it was uh, more solid than Elvis Presley's colon in defence. So he made fifty tackles with zero misses. But I think the Roosters need more than that from him. But yeah, it was just the same old story. The Roosters. I mean, there's just something not right. It's the ha. It's the halves. I don't know. We've said it so many times. Kiri needs to go back on that left edge. Um, I think they need to just give Walker a chance to run the team as a seven. Because, I mean, I think Cleary is more dangerous getting the ball as a second receiver with a big edge forward outside him. We did see it, though. He, did, he was going down that left side a few times. Uh, I don't know if Robinson's already seen that and he's maybe changing his mind. But... They just look, I don't know, they're so clunky. It's just, it's just not working. They, they should really, they're lucky that they've had four wins because the Broncos should have beaten them. And they only just got past the Warriors too. If it wasn't for Joey Manu, then they could be staring at two and five instead of four and three at the moment. I don't know what you think about the Roosters. I mean, the Dragons were solid. They weren't great. I uh yeah I think with the halves if Walker can't get the job done I'd like to see someone like Kieran or whatnot have a crack because so I think he's shown a bit of promise in the past or if you're going to move Kiri back to seven would you move Joey Manu to the six? Uh, I would put Manu at six before Kieran. I think. But, I mean, even Drew Hutchison. I mean, they've got to try something. If they put Walker at 14 for a week, let Kiri go back to that 5-8 role and put Hutchison in at halfback. Because Hutchison can kick the ball. He, we've seen him kick. He can kick. He can run the team. They just need to find a balance. I don't know what it is, but something has to change because the way they're going, they're not going to make the four and they'd be lucky to finish in the eight. It's just lucky the teams behind them are so shit. On the other side, um, what do you think about Jack Bird? Got, I've been bagging him for two, three weeks. He was really good, really dangerous, made some very good decisions in attack. Running on the fifth tackle was one that really stood out to me. He's just shown he's getting a bit of confidence in that role. I don't know what his injury status is after that arm injury, but he was fucking good, wasn't he, at six? Yeah, he was, and it was a pro- it's probably a shame that he only lasted the 40 minutes because you probably feel like the, uh, the Dragons might have scored a few more points if he was still on the field. But, I mean, he's always said he wanted to play six, hasn't he? So it must be in him, but I always still think he's a left edge, uh, an edge player, sorry. But um, it's kind of making Griffin look not as crazy with some of his decisions, seeing Bird <laughs> start to succeed. But I still think they need those young guys. I mean, if they, if Amon and that were playing, 
And the, what's the fullback? What's the fullback? Sloan. Sloan. They had points. They would have had. They had points. That Roosters middle. They would have gone straight through it. You'd have to think. Because Mbai did fucking nothing. <laughs> but yeah, oh again, oh last thing. Josh Maguire during the hijack, we called, we said, we laughed and we mocked that they put him on the edge and we said Marnie was going to have a field day. But it's probably the best game he's played for a number of years. He was hitting the ball, he was making his tackles. He actually looked, I think he had a few offloads too. He was looking good. There's an origin comeback there, boys, I'm telling you. Oh, I wouldn't go that far, mate. <laughs> that is a ridiculous statement. Wrote it in my diary. I laughed at it later. <laughs> Alex made a funny joke. <laughs> just, I just the only one for tonight too. All right, so uh, that was um. Bad. <laughs> I let that's that's your boy's job. I'm only here to fucking run the show. So that was uh the first major clash of the Anzac Day round. Uh, the second one was obviously the Storm taking on the Warriors with their. 70 to 10 win over the Warriors. Now, um, what a complete demolition of the Warriors. I mean, they had all the good and right things happening for them. The poor Warriors just struck completely out. It was like Mike Tyson fighting in the 80s, just stopped the fucking fight. And the Storm seemed to put more numbers on the board than what Madonna did sexually in a week. So... It was just one of them. It was just one. It was just one of them. One of them fucking games. Everyone scored a try. Even Jesse Bromwich come up with one. Which fuck, he wouldn't have scored one. I can't even remember the last time he scored one. But it'd have to be half a decade since he did. Xavier Coates with four. Meany with a couple. Pappenhausen with a couple. Ollum scored just before full time. Husey with a couple, which he scored that streakaway try in the seventh minute. Um, Harry Grant also crossed over as well, which, fuck, he's too good sort of crossing the line, close range, isn't he? He's, he's just, he's the best hooker in the game by far. That's what I think anyway. But, um, okay. yeah, the Warriors, they, they just, they can, they completely lacked off. They completely lacked, sorry, in that contest. They, they were, they were, they were beat everywhere. It was just one of those games for Melbourne. Everything fucking clicked for him and everything looked great. Um, I don't know what you boys thought, but I mean they only got seven conversions out of thirteen, so the score would have been, if my math's correct, Baz, eighty-two points. If they if, oh, if they got yeah, their conversion, that is spot on. Good job. Had to had to phone a friend. Had to had to. You must had to phone a friend then. <laughs> Us quarter cards kids don't go to school, bro. You know that. Anyway, it was one of them games. And, uh, yeah, I'm not going to – yeah. It was, day one, it was awesome. Melbourne's Melbourne's going to win the premiership. You had a bit of a Anyone win this game, didn't you, Derek? Uh, I did. Same game. Multi collected me just, just under 2,500. Dollars, you call it over here. Dollary um, dues, I think it is called. Dollary dues, but yeah. 
It was a good little multi, so if you just stick with my tips, we might actually get one up this year. <laughs> well, um, good work, I Derek. I, I, didn't have a, I didn't have a win in this game, but um, little known fact about me is I'm actually an avid like leisure farmer for produce, and I've got... Oh, I used to have a Guinness Book of Records uh, for the biggest potato farmed. But even I have come up and bested myself this week because Edward Cosey looked like a bigger spastic than Sloth Fratelli from the Goonies on Monday. Dropped the ball <laughs> with a line beckoning, leading Jerome Hughes reigning 90 to score. He failed to fuse a simple kick in his in goal, leading to another try, and he allowed Xavier Coates to slip straight through a piss-weak attempt to at tackle uh, that ended only a few inches away from resulting in another four-pointer. That was in the first half. That was before the scoreline became reminiscent of Port Arthur. So even though Dylan Wittenis Lasniak got knocked out more savagely than Ray Rice's mouthy wife, he won't be available this week. But Cozy played that fucking bad. He wasn't even considered in the 17. Congratulations, Edward. You are this week's Spud of the Week. Yeah, <laughs> and that wrapped up. That wrapped up Anzac round for our listeners. Uh, moving on, boys. We had we had a pretty big uh, title fight there for the heavyweights this weekend in the in the world of boxing. I didn't catch any UFC, but uh, in the world of boxing, we had Tyson Fury taking on Dillian, not Dylan, Dillian White. In a heavyweight bout in uh, Derek's home country of England. Now, uh, Fury came out the victor after a round six uh, knockout of Dillian with a sharp uppercut, caught his chin and uh, put the big fella on his back. Now, I watched the replay today and um, it was a glorified sparring match. Fury was just... I feel like he was just playing with him until he decided to fucking pull pull the trigger. But, um, yeah, the fact that... what well, I think they fought in front of 94,000 94, fans. It was Tyson Fury's first fight back at home for a long time. And um, he retained his WC, WBC belt, sorry, and another belt that I don't fucking quite know. I think it might have been the Ring Magazine belt. Still lineal champion. And... Uh, Potentially, his retiring fight. Now, there is word that he could take on Francis Ngannou in a hybrid fight, which I'm not sure how it'll work or how it'll happen. It'll be awesome for both combat sporting worlds to witness, and I'll definitely watch it if it does happen. But they did speak about it briefly after the fight, and um, it'll be cool to watch. Although, if they're going to do it, in the MMA gloves like Ngannou would wish to, you'd have to think Ngannou would have a way bigger chance of a flash knockout because, yeah, the cunt punches like a horse when it kicks. So that was um, that was mostly all I caught in the combat sports realm. What do you boys gather out of all of that? I watched the, uh, the UFC um, on Sunday. And there's, I mean, usually when a female bout is the main event on a card, you sort of go, ah, oh, it's not going to be that good. 
And there wasn't any huge names in it, but fuck me, it was amazing. Seven of the ten fights finished within the first two rounds. Six actually finished in the first round. So if you are a fan of finishes in the UFC, unlike a Rwandan child, you did not go hungry on Sunday. Uh, started with, I don't even know how to pronounce it, some Asian guy, Kalang Arori. He, he uh, fought Cameron Elsie, smashed him with a crushing liver shot. Have you ever, boys, ever been punched in the fucking liver? Yes. Oh, it's fucking soul crushing. You, you, you think you can work through it, but you just fucking can't. They hit him with a liver shot, dropped him. Uh, Aori was pretty smart, and he just... Old mate went to his back to try and pull guard, but Aori wouldn't have anything of it. Just stood up and just kept punching him in the fucking midsection there. Got on top, rained down the punches till the ref stopped it in the uh, first round. Tyson Pedro... He's an Aussie. He, uh, he got a KO win in the dying stage of round one. He peppered his opponent, Ike Villanova, with leg calf kicks until he landed one that sat him on his ass and just threw a couple uppercuts, finishing the fight. Mar-Andre Barriolt, which sounds like he's French-Canadian. I've got no idea what fucking nation he's from, but I'm just going to go with that. What would you reckon? Odds on favourite for a French-Canadian? He, uh, he fought Jordan Wright. Jordan Wright went all wrestle heavy and pushed the pace, but that was to his detriment because he kept pushing his head in and Ariel guillotined the shit out of him halfway through the first round for that victory. Charles Jourdain, who actually is a French-Canadian, I'm a big fan of him, and he didn't disappoint me on the weekend. He dropped Lando Venata with a beautiful straight right and finished the fight in swift fashion with... One of the most savage darts shakes you ever see. Look who's going to tear his fucking head off his shoulders. Uh, I like Jordan. I'd like to see him fight someone really good because he's got so much potential. Clay Guida was back for what seemed like his 500th appearance in the octagon. Only to be out jiu not a real word, by Claudio Pulez, who caught him a knee bar that you'd be silly to not tap out on. Uh, also in the first round. And in the main event... Jessica Andrade proved again that she is one of the top female fighters on the planet, finishing Amanda Lemos, a standing arm triangle. Again, you won't believe it in the first round. Uh, she must be fucking strong because I don't know if anybody's done any grappling, but you usually have to use your body weight and angles to finish off an arm triangle to, to really sink that choke in. Um, but... And... Obviously, her ability to, like, the squeeze that she must have was good enough because that bitch was about to pass out and the referee did the right thing, stopping it before she fucking blacked out and then sat on her ass. So that was it. Finish her after finish in the UFC world on Sunday. So, well, that would probably wrap up the fucking, the combat sports world, wouldn't it? For this week, anyway, we'll have plenty, plenty more to talk about next week once we all do our homework. Derek, you didn't have nothing to add to it? No, I was just waiting for uh, next week's fight news when we'll have some news to talk about Talakai demolishing stags. Did we <laughs> talk about that earlier? Yeah. Fucking hell. Yeah, we did. You won't, you won't give up, will you? <laughs> oh, what a Charges dog. will be laid after that game. Fuck you, John. Anyway, all right, moving on. Uh, boys, just tried to. I wanted to try and make 
way for a little bit of room in this this episode for um a little bit of player transfer and inconsistent refereeing on on the NRL's behalf. Now um I'll I'll just quickly start with the the player transfers. Tom Gilbert from the Cowboys has just signed with the Dolphins. And we've also got is it Dejan Assi? Yep. He signed with the Warriors, I believe effective immediately. So um Yeah, what do you boys think of that? I know the Dolphins definitely need to they definitely need to get their roster happen and quick smart. I think there's gonna be way more signings obviously go on as the season does, and there's a lot of boys coming off contract, but yeah, I think that's a great signing. Tom Gilbert's a tough cunt. They've added more to their board pack. So, um, yeah, that's a, that's yeah, well, a good they've one. Got, they've got what, Mark Nichols, both Bromwich brothers, Felice Cafusi, Ray Stone, and now Tom Gilbert. So it's that that's a pretty solid forward pack for any team in the NRL. Um, obviously, everyone's looking and going, why haven't they got a... Sp- Flash player here and there, whether a flash player. They've actually signed Sean O'Sullivan this week too to play in the halves. Oh, I did haven't. miss that. I they haven't. That's not, is, I don't no. think that's it's not confirmed, eh? They didn't confirm it. I'd say I he think will it's sign. Happen. I think he will too, just because he's he's the son of Peter O'Sullivan, isn't he? Yeah, the, the head recruitment manager. Yeah, yeah I, th- I think it'll happen too, but I also think. Milford will sign with him as well. I know he's just come on with the. Well, nine, he already has it, isn't he? Already agreed. Nah, anyway? nah, nothing's nah. nothing's been official so, either. That'll be big done deal. Big but yeah, I think Milford's definitely going to be there. But um, obviously Dijan Assi coming from the Cowboys to the Warriors, I think that's a good little signing for the Warriors. He he can sort of play anywhere in the back line, and you can probably probably put him in a bit of back row if you need to as well. He's not a little cunt, so. Well, I think he's only going to be play, he's only going to be playing the centres. Which isn't really his position. Um, more of a half. Yeah. But, yeah, looking at their centres, he'll probably run on because they're not flush with outside backs. So, we'll take Edward Cosey's spot, that's for sure. 100%. 100%. Did you boys catch up on any um, player transfers at all? Anything you have heard? Anything that's we, that I may have missed anyway? I feel like I'm pretty onto it with that sort of shit. Don't th- oh, um, oh, yes, actually. Um, yeah. Uh, Binder joined up with the Senegal Renegades, I think they're called, over in Africa. They're a seventh division team just in a rugby league community over there in Africa, and that's why he wasn't here tonight because they've got really bad internet reception. So I wish him all the best. He's going to play wing and apparently off the bench. <laughs> um, I've got one for you. The Dolphins are needing a halfback. Now, Ben Hunt's contract, is it nearly up? He's got uh, two more years. 2023, is that the end of it? I'm not too sure. Maybe, potentially. I mean, is he? would he be an option? Would, do you reckon? Like... Do you reckon the drag? Oh the, yeah, I, I think I think Cameron Munster will end up there. Well, I think he will too. But just if he doesn't, I mean, is Hunter guy you would go after to try and get a release to be that? 
marquee player? No. I would. I think if he's you, good. Yeah, I'd yeah, yeah, be playing him at nine. Yeah, <laughs> yeah true. Well, they missed out on Harry, but if they could get... Imagine if they got both Hunt and Munster and Reese Walsh. Oh. Now, that is a spine right there. Sean O'Sullivan, you, you know, like as well. Like, he's no, he's not a big touted player, but look what he did at the start of the year with the Panthers. He did his job, didn't he? So, yeah. that would round out a pretty good fucking spine. But behind a good pack, which they've got, we just discussed that. They've got a solid pack to start. I mean... This is all the talk of these potential signings. He just hasn't come up as one, but I think he could be a really good signing for their inaugural season. I don't reckon I think the Dragons are going to let him go. I think the Dragons are well, that's the go. thing. They'll, they'll counter, and like if he's already got the family and shit set in that area, he's probably not likely to move. So I don't know. That's really a personal thing for him, but I would think that that would be how it would go. Yeah. But yeah, no, that's all I got. Um, just with the inconsistencies, what did you guys think of the uh, Daniel Tupo at No Sinbin on the weekend? Well, Ridiculous. Does, does, that, does that come under the cloud of what Holbrook and um, Peyton were whinging about with, you know, the... Yeah, I think, I think it's so. more... I, well, think I think it's, it's awesome. more to do with him not having a record because if that was if it was the other way around, Ravalaba was doing that to Tupo, he definitely would have been binned because he's been suspended how many times for child charges and stuff? If it was a Radley, if it was a Jadley Hargraves. Tane Milne got sent off or sin binned uh, for hitting someone late or high. After a try, like as a try was being scored in the act of a try being scored, and he got binned. I don't think he has a record, so I, I tend to agree with Alex and Justin Holbrook for that matter. I, I feel like they do lean that way. Like that can should have been sent in a heartbeat. He didn't just hit him a tad high. Who was it the other week that got Jaden Sewer on Dale Finuke and like can drop these heights and he just brushed his chin. They could sit there and say it was better force. Well, that's because Jaden Sewers is a better defender than Daniel Tupo. But Daniel Tupo fucking hit above the bridge of his fucking nose. That's as high as it gets. So, uh, and he had time to check. And he had time to check that tackle. Yeah. Like he had time yeah. to change it's his tra- trajectory or whatever they call it. Yeah, I, I do well, agree. Borderline reckless. I do agree with you though, Derek. If Victor Radley had hit him that high, he probably would have been sent not just for ten for the fucking game. Off. Yeah. Yeah, well, so I, I, I do agree I, in that I, standpoint. I like what Hook said. Like, this time last year, if you were playing, you would have done two, G, two years jail. Like, I love, I love how Hook <laughs> come up with that. Like, that was, well, it's true, though. Like, Magic Round last year, when they play, like, and every cunt got sent off for just looking at someone above the shoulders, you, you were sent. And all of a sudden, there's this sort of inconsistency with... What's higher contact? What isn't? What what should be sent off and what what shouldn't? It, as a viewer, you start to wonder: like, is it? Do certain coaches have a point of view? Like when Peyton and Holbrook said, like the better teams get the rub of the green in that instance. And a lot of people sort of come out and said, well, no, like the better sides with the better discipline don't have those issues. But I think that's kind of a perfect example of 
well, that's how do you take that? That's a bit of bullshit, you know. Like that's I the fact that he the fact that he didn't go off when he did fucking clean him. It does make you wonder, doesn't it? Like I really, did. when you look at it, I actually look at it a different way. Um, doesn't excuse the referees because they weren't consistent with the whole week. There was games where people were laying down looking for those piss-weak penalties, you know, where they got brushed across the face and the referee was just like, nah, get up, get up, get up. And they weren't even putting a replay on, almost like they were trying to send a message that everyone's whinging about diving. Maybe, maybe they're starting to listen and, you know, cut out sending so many people to the bin for silly things. But if that's the case, it wasn't consistent across the weekend, was it? Because you've still got, like I said, Tom, Got sin sin binned early in the week for the exact same thing. So I don't know. It's just it's fucking inconsistent, and it's all you know. They keep it to themselves what they're going to do each week. Why can't they just stick with a fucking rule, and get it right in a good way, and keep it there? Well, that's that's kind of what I'm alluding to, Baz. Like, I just don't understand how they can't make that sort of shit definite. You know what I mean? Like how do how do the governing bodies, referees, whatever it is, touch us? How do they not know? Like, what's a definite send off? What isn't? If it's if they're going to say it's high contact, well then fuck everything that's high contact should be sent for however long. I just I don't know. It's hard to watch sometimes when you see sort of decisions like that be made. To be fair, like I just want to be clear, I'm happy for Daniel Tupo to have not have been sent off. But everyone else shouldn't be sent off for the same shit either. Exactly. That's what I'm so, saying. So we got to, you got to lean one way or the other, don't you? So that's... Agreed. Yeah, yeah. well, tough, tough decisions. But that's not our job to make up. All right. Well, anything else you boys wanted to add to any of that? No, but I believe Derek's got a... He was talking to me earlier about a, a bit of a... Suggestion he's got for everyone this week, or a recommendation, was it, Derek? A recommendation? Oh, yeah, it was... um, You said you had something big today. Yeah, just... um, Just with the panel, we got a few issues, and I just thought it'd be good to... It's more a public service announcement. (laughs) There's um, There's these little companies around these days. They're... um, there's this thing you can do with your phone where you actually you get your phone. You don't have to go to a shop or anything. You just go online and you... I'm just trying to think of the name of these companies. But you go on there and you just pay them like a fee every month. And they actually give you like... You can get like unlimited data for the month for like 40 bucks or something. Sounds like a and you can use your game. phone. It does. I know, but just stay with me. <laughs> it, uh, you can use your phone for hijacks uninterrupted and making podcasts uninterrupted, even just attending a podcast, having enough data to actually do the podcast. These, I think one of these companies, uh, Vodafone is one of them. Uh, Optus is another. Telstra, you can actually oh, get... They sound made up. You can actually get things so you can do these podcasts and hijacks. I know, it's crazy. It is crazy. Sounds too, sounds too good to be true, to be honest. Oh, it's just... <laughs> It's just a damn shame that the uh, the silent G isn't here to hear this because I think it would have really helped him out tonight, definitely. 
Uh, well, I've got a. Um, I've also got a little recommendation, and it might only be localized to people that like American sports. So I've actually got three recommendations. Oh we'll wow! With, Here we go. Let's start with the uh, NBA Finals. If your team's still in it, uh, LeBron's out, so suck a dick, cunt, and let's go Philadelphia. We'll see how they go. Probably not real well. They're nearly knocked out, but. We'll Sticks fan, eh? Yeah. We'll move on to the NHL, uh, where the Stanley Cup playoffs are about to start in about a week or so. And the Carolina Hurricanes, this is their year. They're coming in strong for their first Stanley Cup. I don't think they've won one. But then we move on to the NFL, the best of all American sports, and the draft. The NFL draft will start, well, not tomorrow, but tomorrow once this uh, podcast comes out. Now, you watch the NFL Eric, and you're a Packers fan, which makes sense I do. considering you're also a Love Roosters the pack. fan. Yeah, it's definitely a fudge Packers. Uh, <laughs> what are you hoping they take? You've got two first-round picks now after you trade away Devontae. He, what are you hoping for? Um, I hope they get a receiver. <laughs> for starters. Probably need four of them at this rate. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I'm sure the Packers front office will make the right decision. That's a jerk, by the way. <laughs> Haven't made a right decision in six years. Maybe eight. No. Yeah, no, I don't I... know. I'm expecting to be bitterly disappointed, to be honest. Because our last draft pick, quarterback we picked, has turned out to be Oh, quite a disappointment. Yeah. He's he's pointless. They've got a Hall of Fame quarterback and they spent a first-round pick on another quarterback to just sit behind him. Silly. But anyway, anyone that likes the NFL, I get really excited about the draft. I'm going to follow that for three days because that's how long it goes for. You people don't follow up. Good value. But that's my my biggest recommendation for the week. NFL draft starting Friday in Australia. Is that it? Yes. Hence the pause. I was just making sure. All right. But we'll we'll move on to uh, round eight's uh, fixtures. Now, there's a few good clashes here, and I'm hoping that we can get at least three of us to hijack the game on Thursday between the Bronx and the Sharkies. Baz? Um, boys, how are we doing with their tippings and what are we doing with them? And we'll move on to our multis after that. But we'll start with Thursday's clash with the Bronx and Sharks. Obviously, I'm going for the Bronx, 13 plus. I'm taking the Sharks. Sharks in a canter. In a canter. I agree. Okay. All Which right. is a fitting analogy that. against the Broncos. It's going to be an equestrian event. Did you like that? That was good, eh? Yeah, it was mm. nice. Mm. I'll, re- I'll remember that. All right, boys. Uh, Thursday's, uh, Friday's, sorry, Friday's first clash. We've got the Titans taking on the reigning premiers at home. Where are we going? I'll take the Titans with a 50-point head start, please. 
<laughs> oh, Chip, you'll game. Panthers. I'll tell you what. Panthers. Well, I don't even. I don't know how anyone could be thinking Titans at all. Nah, not at all. I agree. So we're all yeah, Panthers. Sweet. All right. Uh, Friday's game, the first one, we've got Rabs take on Manly. This could be a b- little bit closer. What are we thinking? I'm going to take Manly. I don't like the Rabbits, so Manly it is. Yeah, I'll take Manly. Yeah, my heart says Manly as well. I'll take Manly on that one. I think they might do it reasonably comfortably too. I think Manly will knuckle down on that one. Uh, the Saturday game, 3 o'clock one. At uh, the Dolphin Stadium at Morton Morton Daily, we've got the Warriors take on the Raiders. Uh, this is a fuck. Looking at it, that's a tough one for me personally. I'll go for you boys first. I'm taking the Warriors. Teams historically they get fucking pumped, Warriors bounce back the next week, and the Raiders, as we talked about, being shit for a long time. So I'll take the Warriors. I'm going to be different. I'm going to go the Raiders there. All right. Uh, the next one on the Saturday, we've got the 5.30 clash against uh, Derek's boys against the Bulldogs. Roosters, Bulldogs clash. Roosters, surely. Fucking hell. Yep. All right. We'll all agree on that. Derek, I didn't hear your voice there. All right, we'll just say he said yes to that. Roosters. Yeah, he definitely said Roosters. <laughs> there he is. I thought, yeah. I heard him without hearing him. All right, Someone then we've got the Cowboys. Yeah. You got don't, it. <laughs> don't, you, don't you talk. Billion dollar mansion. Fucking $5 internet. May as well sign up for Digicel. May, may as well sign up for Digicel. All right, we now we've got uh, yeah, Cowboys. Can we? Fucking hell. You'll, you will be sending smoke signals this time. <laughs> well, actually, on, yeah, on Saturday night, you'll be sending smoke signals to the rest of us. Cowboys take on the Eels. I reckon the, I reckon the Cowboys are going to get this done in Darwin. Oh, I really do. Fucking jinx my Cowboys. Uh, I'm going to take the Eels. Nah. This is what I keep saying. Uh, the, uh, the Cowboys are only taking a three-hour plane ride. The odds are crazy. West. They started four dollars at the start of the week, the Cowboys, to win this. And it's like third versus fifth. Um, I'll take Eels to bounce back. Nah, e- Cow- bounce back, they won. Yeah, Eels. D- Eels. Bounce back. They just fucked them up. Alright, alright. Sweet, sweet, sweet. Alright, we'll move on to Sunday's first clash at two o'clock at McDonald Jones Stadium with uh the million dollar knights taking on the storm. I think the night. I think the storm. Sorry, win by fifty points here. Uh, I wouldn't go fifty because the knights won't be as bad. Surely, uh, they probably will be. I'm going to go with 40, 42 exactly. Uh, storm right. by twenty. All right, cool. And then the last game on Sunday with the dragons taking on the tigers at Wollongong. I'm gonna take the. Uh, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna take the dragons. Derek, Tigers by a field, field goal. goal 
I'm, I like I'm it. I'm torn like between it. this game. Yeah, I'm going to... Oh, this is a hard one for me. I'm going to say the Dragons in the tight one. Yeah, drag, Dragons in a tight one. I reckon you're only going to get three right this week. Do you talk to Baz? No, to you. Alex. <laughs> well, it doesn't matter. I'll still be ahead of you in the fucking tipping list, won't I? <laughs> Probably. But I'll still have the cash advantage. Oh, all good sitting on that $600,000 fucking salary. Just doubling Centrelink's finest every week. Yeah, well, I don't know how to kill Craig. Come on, die, Craig. Uh, and bye.